You're listening to the Illinois Farm Talk podcast. Here are your hosts, Ben and Garth. Hello, I am Ben Calcaterra, and I am here with Garth Reynolds, and we are here to bring you the next episode of Illinois Farm Talk, brought to you by the Illinois Pharmacist Association. In this episode, we hear about the 2018 election results and how the changing seats will affect Illinois pharmacy. Then, we will get an update on the association's 2019 schedule of events. And with that, let's start our show. Hello, Garth. Hello, Ben. So the last few weeks, we've had a pretty exciting time in the state. We've had an election and a kind of mundane veto session, and we want to get through all of that, plus some other things we've got going on in the state. So let's start with the elections. We had a pretty large slate of uh, legislators and a governor's race that proved to be the most expensive in the nation. Let's talk about that, Garth. What do you think? How, how did everything turn out? Who do we have coming in? What changes do you see? And, and how is it going to affect pharmacy? Well, as we know, um, we do have a new governor um, coming in in January. Uh, J.B. Pritzker um, handedly won over um, incumbent Bruce Rauner. So we will have not only a change of governor, but it'll be a change of party. So um, it will bring the Democratic Party in control of the governor's house and also um, with the House and the Senate. And both in the House and the Senate, the Democrats did grow their majorities. So it, it, it is going to be in even more of a stronghold with one, a one-party rule. But there's pluses and minuses with that. We do have a party on the Republican side that'll have a less and less of a voice in being able to negotiate and, and bring in their viewpoints on legislation. We were able to um, retain a lot of our supporters on both sides of the aisle with the election results. So from our, our point of view for pharmacy, we still have a lot of um, momentum going to get our issues heard and to establish change for patient care in Illinois. In addition to the governor's office changing over to J.B. Pritzker, um, all of the constitutional officers will now be also one party. They'll all be Democratic controlled. Jesse White won uh, re-election for his fifth term. And then we also have uh, Senator Kwame Raoul, as you remember, who was our sponsor for our PBM audit bill, is now going to be co- becoming the next attorney general. So we're very glad to see him taking up the reins as the chief um, legal advocate for the state. And we also had the re-election of Michael Frericks as the treasurer. And Susana Mendoza um, also won her re-election as comptroller. So with all of these new positions coming in and uh, seats changing place, uh, governor changing place, do we have any indication of what that means to pharmacy in the state of Illinois? Are we, are we looking better? Are we looking worse? Is it going to be the same? Well, what are we getting out of the future? I think it's a very positive outlook for pharmacy. Um, even within the campaign, specifically with Governor Pritzker, he talked about the importance of small businesses with his concern of how Medicaid is um, being managed at, the, at this time. So we do have a very positive outlook on how pharmacy is going to be looking specifically from the governor's office. And as I stated earlier, you know, the incoming attorney general, uh, Senator Rule, uh, he, he was our past most recent sponsor of our PBM audit legislation. So hopefully with his um, new role, he'll be able to take a look at the PBM issue from his new office. So hopefully we can get some benefits out of those changes. Is, is there anything else on the executive branch side of things that, that looks hopeful for us? It'll be interesting to see how 
politics plays out. As you know, Susana Mendoza won re-election as comptroller, and within that next week, she did put her candidacy forward for um, mayor of Chicago. It does look like she could be one of the uh, more positive candidates for that office. There are a significant number of people running for um, Chicago's mayor to replace Rahm Emanuel, who has decided not to run for re-election. And um, if she would win that spot, she would have to give up being comptroller, and that would open up for a an appointment very similar to when Judy Bartopinka passed away, that the governor was able to um, make an appointment to the comptroller position, and then a special election was held to affirm that the rest of that term. So if Susana Mendoza would win um, the mayor's race, that would allow J.B. Pritzker to put in a, a comptroller appointee, and then in 2020, there would be a special election to determine if that appointee stayed on, like uh, Leslie Munger did not win that the election bid, if you remember, and Susana Mendoza came on. And so it, it'll be interesting to see what aspect that has um, with the operation of the state going forward, since this is a very important position as this, this is the office that actually signs the checks and helps make sure that the budget and the payments stay on time. There's a lot of meat in there for some journalists covering the politics at the Capitol. Uh, so we'll definitely keep our eye on it and hope that all those changes bode well for pharmacy in the state of Illinois. For all of our listeners, we'll definitely keep you abreast that those changes happen and uh, what it means for us practicing in the state. So moving on beyond the elections, uh, we also have surpassed the veto session. Mm-hmm. Uh, it happened the week prior and the week after Thanksgiving. We were hopeful to move some of our legislation that was hanging from the summer session, but it was kind of a, a routine and mundane veto session, right, Garth? Yes, very much so. Um, it seemed like the appetite of both the House and the Senate was to um, handle only bills that were pending for veto. There were legislation, new legislation that was filed on a varying number of topics, but I can't think of a single one of them that was really brought up unless it really addressed an issue that had to be handled before the end of the year. So the House and the Senate looked at bills that were only needing to be addressed for the override they actually overrode the governor on, I think it was like 30 bills. And there were only a couple bills that w- were pertinent to pharmacy or health care from our point of view. Um, there was a managed Medicaid bill that wasn't um, brought back up for um, consideration. And um, that had to do with uh, formularies uh, um, under the current program. And then the other one of um, interest was on Tobacco 21. And the Senate did vote to override the governor's veto, um, but the House was not able to sustain their um, objection to the the governor's veto. So um, Illinois is still an 18 or older state. Um, There's no change in that policy, at least at this time. And as we all know, at the end of December ends the 100th General Assembly. There will be some lame duck days um, right at the beginning of, I think, January 7th and through the 9th, right before the the 101st General Assembly is sworn in. Sometimes there's actions, but a lot of times there won't be because we have a governor who is of the opposite party who's on his way out. There more than likely won't be anything because the General Assembly still being controlled by um, the Democratic Party will more than likely wait for um, Governor Pritzker to to take power and then address everything under the 101st General Assembly, which starts on uh, January 14th. 
That's the game of politics. Uh, could go either way, but usually it's just a lot of game playing. Uh, it's almost like the most exciting thing that happened during veto session was a bomb scare. Made more news than actual bills. That, that's true. <laughs> so moving on to the 101st, do we have a priority list? Do we have something that we're chomping at the bit? Anything that we're looking forward to uh, that we're ready to announce at this point? Or are we still working out those details for next year? Well, you know, our board of directors and our legislative affairs committee is still considering um, some of the priorities and the strategy, go, the best strategy going forward. But of course, we will be continuing our reform efforts, not only of, of pharmacy benefit managers, but also of the managed Medicaid program. And one thing that we have to remember is this is going to be a year also of looking at the Pharmacy Practice Act. It is up for renewal. As you remember, we had a delay of renewal in 2017 that got us a short reprieve so we could address some of the work pharmacy workload issues in the Collaborative Pharmaceutical Task Force. Those issues are going on. There will be recommendations coming out of that task force for the General Assembly to consider this year, in addition to the other issues that we have to address in renewing and advancing the Pharmacy Practice Act, looking forward to how we want practice to look like in 2028. In addition to that, we'll be looking at additional legislation for pharmacy providers status, whether in specifically looking at contraceptive access and increasing access for women to contraceptive services through pharmacists throughout the state of Illinois. We had a lot of momentum last year. We already have an agreed bill. Hopefully we can refile that, get a great early debate on that and get that bill moved and done so we can obtain provider status for pharmacists in the state so we can start adding and building under those blocks that we're not able and get it obtained in Illinois on a state level where we haven't been able to budge that on a federal level at this time. I'm really looking forward to getting a lot of this info moving next year. It's going to be a really exciting year next year uh, with the Practice Act, with some uh, juicy legislation that we're going to try to push. Uh, we're definitely going to need help from the membership. Uh, membership needs to get behind us, pay attention to all your farm flashes, your emails, uh, keep abreast of all the news and updates that we're going to be sending out because we're going to call on you. We're going to need some, some phone calls, some letters, some visits to legislators and all we can we can ask is you know if 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 you want to continue to practice in the profession the way that you want to then you're going to have to help us help you make those calls make those visits get the point across make sure that those legislators know how important it is for you to practice the way that you need to be practicing and that's why it's also very important, mark your calendars right now that you're taking a day off for Illinois Pharmacy Legislative Day. Um, again, this will be a joint effort by both the Illinois Pharmacists Association and ICHP, the Illinois Council of Health System Pharmacists. We come together to jointly advance pharmacy practice and patient care issues. And really, we're going to be hitting hard what we need to have changed in the Pharmacy Practice Act, what we're going to need to accomplish in, in provider status, and absolutely what we're going to need to be making sure to have positive, effective change in the managed Medicaid program. And that's why it's going to be essential for to make sure that we have pharmacists here, having community, independent owners, taking the time off if need be, I'm requesting you now to look at, consider closing your store for one day or part of a day if you can get up here to make sure that 
they understand it is that important for us to have this change because I'd rather you take off one part of your day away from your patients than not to have your store open at all and and then take that away from your patients altogether. So we need to really take this this year as a all hands on deck approach that we're serious about this. This is affecting how we practice. This is affecting the access and the quality of healthcare in Illinois. And we need to make sure that the General Assembly, especially the newer members, know that from us. And let's just be clear (laughs) right now so there's no misinformation. We're not telling you close all your independent stores across the state. We're only saying if it comes down to not having the help or the support staff necessary for you to make that that day trip up to Springfield to help us on that day, it would be better to close your pharmacy and be part of the team and part of the effort and show those legislators that you have a vested interest so strong you would be willing to close your pharmacy to come up there and educate them to say how important these situations are then stay at home and hope someone else does it for you so that's all we're saying um anything else to add garth for the the legislative purpose before we take our break no not at this point okay well with that we're going to take a short little break uh, and we'll see you back on the other side. Hello, I am Ben Calcaterra, and I want to let you know just how important it is to hold a membership in the Illinois Pharmacists Association. The Illinois Pharmacists Association stands up for all pharmacists across the state, from community to health system, academia to long-term care. Your membership will strengthen the efforts of the entire association. Consider joining today to gain valuable insights and updates about news and events affecting the profession of pharmacy in the state of Illinois. To gain educational opportunities such as CPEs and certificate training programs, or to help advocate to protect the abilities of pharmacists to practice in the best way they possibly can. Stand up for your profession, stand up for your state, and stand up for your patients. Join today. Call the office today or log on to IPHA.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at IL Pharmacists. That's plural with the S, IL Pharmacists. Welcome back from the break. So, you know, we finished up our last talk talking about legislative affairs for 2019 and and what our goals are going to be. Let's talk about the association goals and and any uh, types of continuing education or professional development opportunities that will be coming up on on the calendar. So, Garth, what what do we have planned? We've got on February 22nd, we have the pharmacy-based travel health services advanced competency training program that's available. Now, this is not a certificate training program. Um, this is only a 10-hour CE program, and so it's it's a little bit different than some of the larger programs, whether you've taken immunizations or diabetes or cardiovascular health with us before. So this is, if you're wanting to take the next steps in advancing your immunization care practice, travel health is a great opportunity for you to be able to expand services in your community. Some of these services used to be provided by public health departments, but because of budgetary concerns, they have been rolled back. So this is the only APHA licensed program that we provide that does require a prerequisite. And you do have to have completed the APHA Pharmacy-Based Immunization Services Certificate to be able to take the travel health program. And again, that will be February 22nd. That'll be offered here at the IPHA office in Springfield. And then on the next day, on February 23rd, we will be offering the Pharmacy-Based Immunization Delivery 
certificate. So for those individuals who still have not taken the steps to offer immunizations in their practice, or if you have a uh, pharmacist who still wants that either hasn't taken the certificate or it's been a number of years since you have taken the certificate and you want to um, renew your education, this is a great opportunity for you. Even since when I got the certificate back in 2006, there have been significant changes to how immunization care is delivered. And so we'll be offering that on the Sunday. Again, that will also be here at the IPHA office in Springfield. So additionally, looking forward into 2019, we have three additional continuing development opportunities that um, we have dates set, but locations are still pending. And that's um, on March 9th for the delivery of medication therapy management services certificate training program. On April 12th, the pharmacy-based cardiovascular disease risk management certificate training program. And then on April 13th, the pharmacist and patient-centered diabetes care program. And again, if you've taken these programs before, specifically if you've taken the diabetes certificate or the cardiovascular certificate training program, or even if you took the older lipid-based patient-centered care program, if it's been more than four years, you need to take these programs again because there have been significant changes to the guidelines and it's good to get that re-education to make sure you're providing the most current information for your patients. Again, those locations will be determined at a later date. More than likely, they will be in the southern part of the state because these programs will be presented in, in conjunction with a grant program that we're working on, and we'll have these these locations finalized here in the coming weeks. It's pretty nice to finally have some involvement down in the southern part of the state. Um, I know that we don't get a lot of opportunities down there, so when we tra- do travel down to the south part, I-, I hope we see a lot of our southern contingency coming out and uh, taking part in some of these programs. They're really good educational programs. Uh, will go a long way to furthering your, your profession, and uh, I'd like to see a lot of people come out for, for these programs. So, uh, Garth, somebody does want to take part in these opportunities, how do they go about signing up? Um, You can sign up through IPHA.org and you will be transitioned over to the APHA site for registration on those. So go to IPHA.org and you'll see under the education section, there'll be a tab that says certificate training programs. And that will take you to the listing so you can select the appropriate program that you're interested in and, and then register from there. Do you have to be a member or is there a benefit of being a member before you sign up? Uh, Yes, there is a benefit of being a member of the IPHA before signing up for these programs. But, you know, if you're not, that's okay because the non-member rate includes a discounted one-year membership as part of the increase in the fee. So you will become a member either way with joining, um, signing up for one of the, the certificate training programs or the advanced competency training program with Travel Health. And then you'll be able to reap all the great benefits of being a member of IPHA. 
Absolutely. And and I would be remiss if I didn't talk about our annual meeting that will be coming up October 3rd through the 6th. And this year, it will be here in Springfield at the Crown Plaza. So um, last year, we were in Lombard. And if you did miss that opportunity, don't worry, we'll be up in Chicago again here in a couple years. Um, But we we do like to rotate our program so that it's close to a majority of our members at some point um, every every couple years. So this year, we will be in the Capitol. And of course, the Aside from all the educational programming that's offered at conference that everybody takes part in, you would also, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, be able to catch our second live edition of the Illinois Farm Talk podcast series. It was a great success last year. I think a lot of people enjoyed it. We had a live question and answer period that I think was a success. Uh, We had some interviews with some leadership of the association and even a rotation student that was at IPHA at the time. And I think the live version of the podcast turned out really well. So I'm looking forward to next year. And I hope that you will join us in Springfield for our 2019 conference to take part in that live episode. Well, I think that'll do it tonight, Garth. Anything else that you want to add? Nope. Okay, sounds good. I think we've had a productive night and a lot of good information given. So we'll call it quits from here and we'll see you at the next time. Thanks, Garth. Thank you, Ben. Thank you to our listeners for supporting this show. Check back regularly to hear new episodes as we will keep you updated on legislative matters happening around the state. You can find us on the internet at IPHA.org, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as IL Pharmacist. That's plural, with the S, IL Pharmacist. Follow us today to stay in the know. That will do it for this episode of Illinois Farm Talk. Stay tuned for our next episode as the Voice for Pharmacy in Illinois brings you another edition of Illinois Farm Talk. Thank you for listening to the Illinois Farm Talk podcast. 